Shalom. So I've been uh, putting off for a while teaching anything from one of my favorite books in the last uh, few years, which is Likutei Halachot um, by students of Rabbi Nachman, uh, Rabbi Natan of Nemirov. And Likutei Halachot is a mad book. It kind of, it's, it more or less follows the order of the Shulchan Aruch, the Book of Law, and brings like a, I guess like a Hasidic twist or commentary on the laws. And it kind of, for me, whenever I get into the details of, the, of all sorts of halachic um, uh, structures about Shabbat or festivals or um, whatever, whatever it might be, if I want to remind myself that it's actually, <laughs> it's like life, the spirit in it, I turn to Likutei Halachot. And so I did that today. I, um, I said, okay, Rosh Hashanah is coming up and I want to, I want to see things from a different perspective. And I opened up Likutei Halachot and read through it, uh, through the section on Rosh Hashanah. And... There's some magical stuff in there. Um, for sure, I won't do it justice, but there's something that really um, stuck with me, or really connected to, and really d deserves more thought. So I'd like to um, basically learn it by teaching it. That's what I do here on this weird recording podcast um, that, I, that I'm doing now. And... Um, and this has to do with a chain of associations that, um, that revolve around the construction of the sound of the shofar. Okay? The way the shofar is blown um, on Rosh Hashanah, some of you probably know this, um, is that we have a sound um, which the Torah calls a teruah, okay? And the rabbis learned that it needs a, a kind of a simple blast before it, a tekiah, and a tekiah after it. Okay, so we have tekiah, teruah, tekiah. And what that teruah actually is, um, we don't know, okay? The way, um, the way Rambam writes about it. I, I brought Rambam here because he, he summarizes it quite nicely. He says, this Torah written in the Torah, we're not sure what it is because of the length of the years and the great burdens of exile, right? It's been so many years since uh, we actually were connected to the Torah. Um, we've forgotten what a Torah actually is. And um, so he brings different possibilities. Yeah, he's kind of quoting from the Talmud, but bringing it in a, in a nicer form. Um, he says, It may be the wail that women wail amongst themselves at the time that they weep. Or it may be the sigh that one sighs time after time while his heart is worried about a big thing. Or it's both of them together, the sigh and the wail. And it's the way of the whale to come after the sigh 
maybe all of this together, that's called a trua. Hence, we do all three possibilities. Okay, so we have three different possibilities. Um, one of them is kind of a, a wailing sound, like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, and that's what we call today trua, right? But it's not exactly the biblical trua. It might be a kind of groaning, right? A sighing, oh, oh, oh. And that's what we call today shivarim. Okay, um, and it might be both of them together. So, okay. oh, 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 wah, 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 wah. and that's what we call shvarim tua. Okay, um, and each of so the way that it's blown um, on Rosh Hashanah is we try all those possibilities, each one of them with a tkiya, uh, a long sound before it, and ooh, a long sound after it. And um, we do each of those, and different communities have different traditions on how many times they do each of those. Okay, that's kind of, that's what Rabbi Nachman is going to be um, uh, playing with here. Okay, and he starts off with a, with a kind of a statement of what Rosh Hashanah is. He says, on Rosh Hashanah, you must bring out potential into actuality. Since Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of creation. Okay, you, what do we do on Rosh Hashanah? We turn raw potential into something. There's a potential for everything, and that everything becomes one something. Okay? What's that like? That's like creation, right? And that's what we kind of celebrate on, on Rosh Hashanah, is the creation of the world. From all possibilities, what we have is this, what we're living in now. Okay? What we're living in now is, is, is reality, and it could have been otherwise, but it's not. That's what creation is. It's, it's making uh, something that is from all possible things that could be. Okay? And then he goes into a kind of, uh, I don't know, Kabbalistic, uh, let's call it, um, uh, analogy for this. But it's, it's interesting. He draws on the, on the name of God. Okay, the name of God, um, you might know, in, in Jewish practice is written in one way and pronounced in a different way. Okay, it's written, yud hey vav hey and pronounced uh, Adonai, Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. And that's really, that's maybe an example of this uh, um, potential and actuality, right? You have this name, which just, it, it doesn't, it's not, we don't know exactly how it's pronounced. Okay, this yud hey vav hey, it's kind of uh, raw potential of, of naming, right? Um, and it starts with a yud, right? And when we pronounce it and we say the name, I'm kind of, I'm kind of cautious of, of saying the name too many times, right? But when we say the name Adonai, we've given it, we've 
we've turned this kind of infinite potential of God into one pronounced name with a yud at the end. Yeah, the y sound that travels from the beginning to the end. Um, and maybe that's why we don't pronounce God's name as it is, right? Because then we'd be limiting the potential. So we do. We do limit the potential by turning it into a different name, right? Because we have to say something. Um, the way we, we try to conserve the, the raw potential is just to say Hashem, or the name, right? That's also a name. The Hashem is the name, but uh, uh, it kind of conserves the potential of being all sorts of names. Um, but when we say, when we pronounce it, Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, right? We've turned it into actuality. So, so God's name is a kind of, it's a, it's a metaphor for um, creation. Okay? Uh, turning potential into actuality. Okay? And he says, look, if you put the two names together, the Yud, Hei, Vav, Hei, and then Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, and you have these two Yuds, the first one represents potential, and the last one present, uh, represents actuality. And then you have six letters in the middle, which he says, the first three represent space, form, and time in potential, and the last three represent space, form, and time in actuality. I don't get into that so much, um, but just, well, there's a, there's a whole kind of creation process uh, just there. Okay? Now, leave that on the side for a moment and we come back to the shofar. Okay, and then, like, this is the way that Rabbi Natan writes um, using Rabbi Nachman's style, right? He gives, like, a, a powerful statements of, of things which mean other things. Okay, so he says, yeah, the sound of the shofar is the sound of truth. And that's the sound of the Olam Haba, the world that is coming. And that's the clear language. Right? Because what is, what is the sound of the shofar? Right? When you hear the shofar, it's saying something. Right? But if you have to say what it's saying, you've turned it already into actuality. Right? What does the shofar mean? There's a famous list of, of uh, Sadia Gaon writing... Um, I think in the 10th century, uh, where he writes 10 things that the shofar represents. Uh -huh. If you just listen to the actual shofar, it doesn't represent anything. It's a clear language. It's potential. And then you can interpret it, and then you turn it into actuality. Right? And so he links this to this idea of, of creation. Um, he says, okay, so each... The way, the way that we do this is we have a tkia, this long, simple sound. Ooh, and then we have different forms of broken sounds in the middle. And then we finish with the tkia, the long, simple sound again. And he says, yeah, the, the tkia at the beginning and the end is like the yud at the beginning and the end of God's name, uh, written and, and, and pronounced. 
Again, the Tkiah represents potential and actuality. And the middle letters represent um, this process of creation, uh, starting from all sorts of potential things, of potential space and time, turning into actual space and time. Okay? And then he, he, he says, yeah, so all of this, this relates to, to what we actually do in our life, right? And what we actually do in our life is we turn potential into actuality, right? When, whenever you do something, you're doing, you're not doing everything else that you could have done because you're doing one thing, right? You've turned potential things you're doing into actuality. And that's, when we talk about sin, Right? We talk about the days of judgment and sin and everything, right? But sin is a, is a byproduct of doing things, of actually living, right? So actually doing something is you've turned a, a potential into actuality, and when it doesn't live up to, to the potential it had, the good potential it had, that's what we call kind of a missed path or a sin, right? But it's not so... Dramatic. It's not like uh, I don't know. Other religions uh, deal with sin. It's it's really it's a byproduct of living. Right? You almost have to sin by doing things, right? Because you're turning potential into actuality. And then he says, yeah, there's there's three kinds of um, of ways that we sin or we we mess up things uh, in the world. Um, sometimes we, we mean to do things that are wrong and we actually do them, okay? So, like, we, we linked a potential bad thing into an actual bad thing, right? It says that's tkiya shvarim turat kia. That's, like, the beginning forms of potential and the, the end forms of actuality. They're all together, Right? You've turned a potential thought into an action, and it was bad. So that's like a thought-out sin. And there are some sins which are only sins in thought, but never actualized. Right? You think, oh, I wish I, wish I could make that person shut up, because they're telling me things that I don't want to hear. Right? That's a that's a that's a thought, right? Like you'll never be prosecuted for that because you haven't done anything about it. You haven't shut that person up. You haven't done whatever. But uh, that's also wrong, right? That's kind of a sin in potential, right? And that relates to the beginning half of that. That's the um, space and time in potential. That's tkia shvarim tkia. Okay. And there are some th- sins which are actions without thoughts, which are just uh, actuality without really relating to, to the potential, because you, you do things without thinking sometimes. Or you do things by mistake. Right? You can really hurt someone by mistake. Just really, like you, I don't know, you, you leave something out in, in, in the garden, someone trips over it, right? That's an action. <laughs> but... Or you said something without knowing how, how hurtful it is. 
Right? That's an action, but there's no thought behind it. So that's relating to the space and time which are in actuality, but not in potential. And that's tkia, teruah, tkia. All these relate to turning potential into action. Now, what happens when, when you listen to these things is that you relate to... Yeah, so you're relating to the, to the bad side of turning potential into action. Uh, uh, actuality, but that's what Rabbi Nachman and lots of the Kabbalists call a tikkun, a fixing. Right? If you notice the the misuse <laughs> of creation, right? You can create bad things when you do things. Right? You're, when you're out in the world and you're doing things, you can mess up or you can purposefully do damaging things in this world but if you realize that you realize that you can also do amazing things in this world and doing amazing things in this world is exactly the same process of turning potential into action thought into action potential into actuality right that the the tikkun isn't like leaving behind some kind of process it's realizing the power of what you're doing and doing it better and listening to the shofar and using all these illusions um, is maybe a, a, a wake-up call right? that's what the shofar can do can wake us up and realize um, that we have amazing power we're creators right? we talk about the creation of the world but who creates the world it's you <laughs> Right, because you're about to do something today, and the world will be different because of what you've done. Right, you've, you're creating the world. That's what we celebrate on Rosh Hashanah. It's the celebration of creation, and there's so much power and responsibility in that. So, do it well. Shana Tova. Have a sweet New Year because amazing things are about to happen.